Welcome to Star Wars TV Talk, a podcast from a galaxy far, far away that covers all things surrounding the live-action Star Wars series. In this episode, we are going to cover the Solo box office and its impact, that Collider article that we've been hearing about, and ABC's attempt to debunk it. The Last Jedi is on Netflix, some Star Wars Resistance news we got, and finally we have some news regarding the filming of the live-action series. And with me to help me with this, as always, is John. John, how are you? I am ready to jump in. We have a lot of stuff regarding Star Wars and coming from Lucasfilm. Some of it good, (laughs) some of it not so good, a lot of it speculation. So let's just get right into the news. Yes, come closer, I have good news. As of July 2nd, Solo passed in uh, worldwide about 369 million. But John, what was the overall budget? Uh, best guess. I think the initial budget was hovering a little over 250, somewhere between 250 and 275 million. Mm. And we know there was extensive reshoots when they brought in Ron Howard. So the responsible guess is that it probably more than doubled that budget. Most people are assuming it's somewhere between 500 and 600 million that they had to outlay to get it to market and then to do a marketing push in the spring. So, yeah, they're in pretty deep on the solo project. (laughs) Either way, it does not look good. This is not something you want from any film, but especially a Star Wars film. And I do not think that when this was presented to Bob Iger, (laughs) that he was thinking that, yes, they are going to lose a round. And I I mean, this is being gracious that they're probably going to lose at least $70 million by the time this thing is no longer in theaters. Yeah. Yeah. There's lots of residual opportunities for revenue. um, But yeah, best case scenario, they're just barely going to make their money back if not take a loss. But yeah, like likely, likely they're not in the black on this one when all said and done. No, that is true. So first let's kind of talk about what this means for Kathleen Kennedy. So we have movieweb.com. Mm-hmm. They reported that a source has informed them that Kathleen Kennedy walked into a closed room that was <laughs> guarded and in that closed room that was guarded so that no one could overhear the conversation, her and Bob Iger had a conversation about her job security and it didn't seem so good. And that apparently in this top secret meeting that no one was allowed into and that no one was allowed to eavesdrop in, uh, Bob Iger has tried to replace her, but no one will take her job. And according to this report, even people like J.J. Abrams and one report I read said that even Kevin Feige from Marvel Studios was approached about replacing Kathleen Kennedy. Do you think that this news is accurate? I think that. There's probably a kernel of truth in all of this, but I think a whole lot of assumption has been layered on top. First off, nobody, if that meeting happened, nobody except Kathleen Kennedy and Bob Iger know what was said or what Bob's intentions are. Uh, (laughs) So to presume that just because Kathleen Kennedy goes in for a meeting with Bob Iger, which I think realistically we would all assume would be happening, you know, considering Mm -hmm. that there's definitely 
a need to regroup and refocus the Star Wars franchise and get it back on track. Of course, there's going to be meetings with the top brass. This is not unusual. This is expected. So to read into it and presume that this obviously means that she's on the outs and they're looking for replacements. That's where I think a lot of speculation probably got baked in. Mm -hmm. Are conversations happening? Probably. You know, over a casual dinner, if someone's got something brewing in the back of their mind that maybe they want to put forward, you know, like Bob Iger is having dinner with someone that maybe he's thinking maybe they could be a good fit. Maybe he, you know, subtly broaches the topic. Maybe they have a little bit of an exchange on what that might look like. Do people talk? Absolutely. Does Bob Iger have to have a plan B, a plan C and a plan D when he's running one of the biggest entertainment corporations in the world? Absolutely. So all of this is reasonable, but for someone to assume that they know uh, where they're at in the process and really what that landscape looks like, I think there's some imagination at play. Yeah, that's the kind of the, the big thing here. So whenever I read this report, I read it like five times because I was trying to get a feel for it. Mm-hmm. And the source that was cited by <laughs> Movie web goes, yeah, it was a top secret uh, meeting. She was called in. They even had security guards so that no one could listen into it. And I'm just like, well, then how do you know all this information? Where is where is this coming from? Um, and so that's where I think a lot of speculation yeah. came from. But we just talked about how much Solo had lost and how much it is possibly going to lose by the end of the day. And I was someone that was optimistic where, where I was like, you know what? Maybe during the home release. And I'm not so sure about that. Sure. Um, and I was having a conversation with someone and they were saying, yeah, but the force awakens made a lot of money and, mm-hmm. uh, the last Jedi made a lot of money. And I was like, that's true. But at the end of the day, Bob Iger is running a business and he has to be a businessman. And if he sees that he's losing at the moment, close to a hundred million dollars on a film that should make a lot of money, he's thinking, well, what does this mean for the next one and the next one? So he's not necessarily thinking, well, we made all that extra money from force awakens and the last Jedi. So I think that there was a meeting. I think that Kathleen Kennedy had a meeting with Bob Iger. um, And I think that one of the items that was discussed was her possible replacement. Or at least Bob Iger says, how are we going to get out of this? What's the plan moving forward? Um, I think J.J. Abrams is a part of that plan, not necessarily taking her job, but that, you know, the next one's going to be great because Abrams is leading it. And uh, the overall reception of The Force Awakens was pretty positive. The Last Jedi has some great um, feedback from it but there it seems like the fan base is split there mm-hmm. um and so i think that this meeting happened and i want to be clear i love kathleen kennedy i think she's doing a great job but that's a lot of money that was lost during solo i'm gonna play uh devil's advocate here for a minute disney isn't really that reactionary of a company um and bob Iger, even though he he's pretty hands-on and maybe even meddles a little bit in some of his properties um though obviously he has the right to do so. He's not a dumb man who got where he's at by making snap decisions and having knee-jerk reactions and feeling like the sky is falling every time, you know, there's an ebb and flow in the business. I'm quite sure that he's looking at this big picture and he's recognizing that 
no producer is going to score billion dollar wins on every single movie that they produce. And he's got to understand that they just don't come much better than Kathleen Kennedy. Like she is an asset and a resource, even if there's something that needs to be fine tuned with Lucasfilm to get it humming again. That doesn't mean that all of a sudden she's persona non grata and like they're just heaping all these coals on her. Like, how could you do this and ruin everything? Like, I don't think Bob Iger is one of those caustic fanboys that is calling for Kathleen Kennedy's head. I think he's someone that's saying, okay, um, we thought we had a pretty good beat on what we needed to do with the Star Wars franchise, but obviously it's not resonating with the fans. And obviously uh, some of our decisions on how we release these movies and market them, the timing of it, and even just the projects that we're picking, uh, we need to be more cautious because it's not bulletproof. They used to think that the franchise could do no wrong and that they were just going to keep scoring these home runs. But every now and then any production company needs a slap upside the head and a reminder that, no, you need to be smart in how you guide your franchises. And you do need to have your ear to the ground and understand what your fans are looking for and just understand really how to shepherd and mold the the properties around really what's going to work for your potential audience. I think that Lucasfilm has lost their way a little bit with some of that, as we've learned, right? Like The Last Jedi was really polarizing, and what they didn't realize was that their fan base was so rabid that that was going to have an impact on the next movie that came down the pipe. People weren't going to be ready for it mm-hmm. five months later, whenever Solo dropped. So that was something that everybody learned. That's not something Kathleen right. K- Kennedy could have anticipated any more than Bob Iger, because if Bob Iger saw this coming a mile away, then Solo wouldn't have released in May. He thought that exactly. it was a slam dunk in May, and that was his mm-hmm. call. Lucasfilm right. wanted to push that back to December. They knew there was need for some breathing room. They wanted to keep December Star Wars territory and make that mm-hmm. the annual tradition. But Disney said, well, you know, we got other movies dropping in December and we don't really want you trampling on Mary Poppins or, you know, whatever else we've got coming down the pipe. So a lot of what happened with Solo and even the very modest marketing push was Disney's call. They basically said, we're just not dropping any more money on this. Let's let it sink or swim on its own merits. And they didn't give it the love that a Star Wars movie normally gets with the marketing either. So there was a lot that Disney did that had an impact on solo. So Disney's now looking at it and saying, okay, maybe we were a little bit naive and obviously, you know, Lucasfilm for better or worse, uh, they don't necessarily have a handle on exactly where the franchise should go from here. So whatever these closed door meetings are, I think that it's very much a, we need to regroup. We need to figure out what's going to work and we need to craft our next decade strategy based on these learning experiences and not based on what we were talking about in 2013 because some of that just probably isn't going to work for the fans at this point that's what i think this is all about unfortunately the fans get a hold of that and they are already a little bit sour on kathleen kennedy so they read into it the way that they want but when billions of dollars are at play cooler heads have to prevail and bob Iger is definitely a cooler head let's go ahead and move on to other items that are possibly being discussed so mm-hmm. collider yes collider is thinking that the future of spinoff films is on hold <laughs> right and collider reported that a source informed them that all spinoff films including the obi-wan and the boba fett that were never announced in the first place sure. have been per- put on hold and then you have abc news that released their report that said that lucasfilm has directly informed them because abc and lucasfilm are under the same umbrella they're owned by the same people uh that informed them and i quote multiple <laughs> films 
are still in development. But they didn't exactly debunk the news. Sure. So, John, what do you make of the Collider piece compared to the ABC piece? They're both technically telling the truth. Uh, Collider, uh, I like the guys over there. I think that they try to do good reporting, and I don't think that they play fast and loose with their sources. (laughs) So I think that they genuinely believe that they had something genuine Mm -hmm. when they went forward with it. And I think that it is genuine. And I don't think it's that controversial. If we kind of get back to what I was saying about cooler heads prevailing and these meetings more than likely being simply a matter of figuring out what the strategy for the Star Wars franchise has to be moving forward because what we're doing isn't working, then this makes perfect sense. Bob Bob Iger calls Kathleen Kennedy and says, okay, we got to hit the brakes here. We got to like gather the brain trust. We got to look at what we've got to work with and we've got to figure out a better way forward so that we don't have any more of these solo level fiascos. So yes, was everything put on hold in a matter of speaking are they still in development yes also true it's not like everyone at lucasfilm (laughs) just put down their their pencils and said okay i guess i can't write you know the word obi-wan on a piece of paper anymore because everything's on hiatus no what happened was someone higher up at lucasfilm or disney said okay Let's not do any of the announcements that we had slated for the standalone films for the next few years until we figure out what makes a good standalone film because we thought we knew but solo has proved that maybe we don't know as much as we thought we knew. So let's just not go public with any of the stuff that's in development. Let's just let our marketing simmer. Let's put all that on hiatus. And then we will continue to have discussions about what's going to make some great films. And then when we know we've got a surefire strategy, then we'll officially put these into production. But Mm -hmm. are the screenwriters still working on drafts for Obi-Wan? Absolutely. You know, Uh, are they still having conversations to try and line up directors and talent? Absolutely. Is, is everything still in process? Yes. But are they going to green light anything until they know that they've got a surefire hit? Absolutely not. Because Kathleen Kennedy doesn't want two marks against her. That's what's going on here. Yeah. They're, they're being cautious and they're saying, okay, we just, we can't set expectations till we know that we've got our strategy figured out. Going back in time before Disney even bought out Lucasfilm, Lawrence Mm -hmm. Kasdan was working on a solo script, right? Like he, he was working on solo before anyone even greenlit it. He was just working on it. And so I think that, that all these things are, yes, they're still being worked on. (laughs) I think that I think right now, it would be ridiculous for Lucasfilm to not be discussing Obi-Wan. Sure. Like, everyone's just like, Obi-Wan was never announced. And I'm just like, okay, you have anyone McGregor who wants to play him. Yeah. <laughs> and you have the fan base that wants that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, of course, they're not going to rush it. They're not going to greenlight anything. Obi-Wan and Boba Fett was never officially announced by Disney. Right. This was something that we were wanting them to announce. And in the back of our minds, we're like, yeah, they're making an Obi-Wan film. Yeah. The, whole, yeah, the just- whole point of having something in development, so to speak, is that it's fluid. You don't know mm-hmm. what it's going to turn into yet. You're exploring, you're crafting, you're trying to codify a potential production that has legs. And right. so if they're saying, okay, you know what? We took our eye off the ball. We got too many irons in the fire. We need to refocus. So we're just not going to think too much about Obi-Wan for the next month. And we're going to buckle down and and get our house in order. Great. Okay. Obi-Wan's on hold. Is Obi-Wan dead? No, obviously not. Certainly not if Ewan's in the mix and ready to come back. Uh, And they've already invested three plus years in developing the story and already tried to line up directors. They're not going to take all of that time and effort and scrap it until 
someone looks at the situation and says, there is no way this Obi-Wan movie can make money. That's the only thing that will kill Obi-Wan. And since it's really the only standalone movie that I think fans really want, right? Like that I think would win over the larger fan base and wouldn't be another kind of polarizing hit or miss lackluster meh outing. Um, It's certainly the one that is going to take the longest to die if they do ax anything. (laughs) Yeah. And and that's kind of one of those things going back to whenever they first announced that they were doing anthology films, when they announced rogue one, I'm going to be honest. I wasn't super excited about it. I loved rogue one, Mm -hmm. but I was like, I, I don't really need that movie. Um, I, you, you've told me what happened in the crawl. I get it. A group of spies stole the death plans. Like, okay. Um, and then the Han Solo film. It's interesting. It's an interesting concept. I didn't need it, but I loved it. Obi-Wan. I feel like that, you know what? I really want this movie. I want this to be a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Boba Fett. I'm, I'm, I don't care if it gets made or if it doesn't, but, uh, if it gets made, of course, I'm going to throw my dollars at it and go sure. watch it a million times. <laughs> right. Uh, but do you think that Collider uncovered so, like some real news here? Cause this I is what a lot of people are debating. They have sources. Mm-hmm. They're deeply woven into the industry enough that they do talk. They're usually low level sources, right? Like these are people that mm-hmm. see the higher ups in the hallway kind of a thing. And are like, Oh, wonder what's going on yeah. in that room. Kind of thing. Like, I don't think Collider has a, a fully fleshed out picture of exactly what's going on at Lucasfilm, but do they hear the chatter? Do they hear the word on the street? Are they hustling, trying to put the pieces together and uh, groom reliable sources? Yeah, they're, they're really hustling over there. Those, those guys want to grow. They really want to establish themselves as kind of like a premier internet destination for entertainment news. And they're, they're the hungry ones that are working the hardest to try and ferret this stuff out. And I think they got a legitimate, I think they, they must've got a couple yeah. legitimate leads because I don't think they would have gone with just one. It's too easy to uh, get taken for a ride when you don't have anything to corroborate uh, a source. So I think that they're smart enough to know that they need to have a couple points of verification before they go public with something that uh, potentially explosive. Uh, so right. I think they did their dil- their due diligence. And uh, I think that Disney has a whole network at their disposal to do damage control. And I think that's what we saw from ABC was let's sidestep what is actually going on and just paint a picture that all is well, because they, they don't need anyone in their business, right? Like any reasonable person is going to look at any production company and say, yes, of course, there's going to be highs and lows. There's going to be movies that go in and out of development. Hell, right? Like this is all just standard operating procedure, but with star Wars, it's already so volatile and people are already so like worked up about what the future star Wars is going to be that that kind of bad press can really take off. And that's what we've seen. So they wanted to be quick to step in and say, no, 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 there's nothing to see here. Move along. And honestly, I don't think there is. I think you've got smart people trying to figure out how to make better movies the next time around because uh, resting on their laurels and just tapping into the, the nostalgia era of star Wars is having diminishing returns. And so they need to recalculate. I think that's all we're talking about here, but I I think think collider genuinely uh, was dealing with good information and I think they just got shouted down by a much bigger news organization. Right. And and that's kind of the thing. So Collider was kind of at the mercy of ABC. ABC being owned by the same people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have Collider that releases their piece. All of it, it it's not like an exaggerated piece. It's no. like, hey, the future of spinoff they films were is cautious. on hold. Yeah, they were yeah, very exactly. cautious. Yeah. They never once said they're canceled. They never once said anything that was overall negative. But right. sometimes people take it that way. Uh, you got to remember, too. Um ABC didn't contradict them. 
ABC no. didn't say anything against what they actually said. ABC just painted a very broad, ambiguous picture of of a very calm and uh, business as usual situation. But they didn't really comment on what the level of of uh, development or uh, production resources are going into any given project at any given time. So they didn't really say anything. They just, by implication, by coming out looking so cool and calm and collected, they kind of just painted a picture that Collider was uh, spouting fake news. But that's not really... Collider knows that every single company, because Collider is there in Burbank, California, they get invited to Marvel Studios, mm-hmm. they get invited to Lucasfilm, and they see their they see their whiteboards, they see all this stuff, and the stuff that they're allowed to see. Sure. Now, they're not allowed to see super secret stuff, but they do see timelines, and they do see that, that there are open slots on certain boards uh, with certain <laughs> dates, and they're like, oh, well, obviously that's going to be a project, and so uh, they know that every single company is thinking ahead, including yeah. Lucasfilm, so they're not saying that they were not at all saying that Lucasfilm is not looking past 2019. They're only looking at 2019. Right. It's like, no, that's what they're keyed in on. And that's what they're focusing on. But of course they're looking forward because if they weren't, they would be, they, that would not be a good business strategy. So ultimately yeah. what this boils down to is Collider said hiatus and people heard scrapped, right? Exactly. They said they're putting a pause on these movies and everyone heard they're dead that they, that mm-hmm. they're kaput. And then Disney comes out and says absolutely nothing. And everyone hears, oh, they're back on. So you've got two people in the middle saying very measured and responsible statements. And then all of the fandom around them taking that and turning it into whatever they want to hear. Bottom line, Lucasfilm is obviously regrouping and figuring out a better strategy. And that's just what we should want them to be doing right now. We want the best movies. We want them to really have a, a, a good, um, like roadmap of how they want the star Wars universe to start kind of connecting and dovetailing with all of the other Canon properties. Like you really need to have your eye on the bigger picture of star Wars properties within the star Wars universe. And I think they realize now that they need to kind of handle that a little more responsibly, kind of like what Marvel has figured out to do. Um, And so that's, I think that is really the big discussions that are happening is let's make this work better. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and I think that that they are thinking how do we make sure that solo doesn't happen? And maybe one of the things they're thinking about is maybe we give people some time to digest the films in between and we don't cuz I think their plan was that they were going to release two films a year. Mm-hmm. I think that was going to be the plan. Well, that was the big um sort of litmus test of solo. Mm-hmm. Right? They had a good thing going. They had December carved out. They would have a big tentpole saga film every couple years. And then on the years when you don't have a big saga film, you have a standalone film. But one way or another, you keep your foot firmly planted in December and you make it an event. Everyone's got 12 months to champ at the bit for the next Star Wars movie. And it kept the anticipation yeah. high. It kept the fans baited and ready and waiting for trailers. It just it kept the heartbeat of the Star Wars properties strong. And I think this is probably on Bob Iger. I think he wanted to push. And I think he wanted to see if Star Wars had the capacity to do Marvel style, like every three months kind of releases. Mm -hmm. And what we learned is no, no Star Wars films have to be special. You can't have a middle of the road Star Wars film. Uh, The fan base is too 
persnickety and the properties themselves just they have to maintain that special quality or else it's not star wars anymore it has to be an event and hopefully solo was that rude awakening that they needed and i don't want to at this point i don't want to see more than one star wars film a year i want them to take their time i want them to put out great films and i want it to be my christmas treat (laughs) you know december December 15th i want to be in a theater watching a star wars movie and then i want to spend the whole next year waiting for the next one that's it that's perfect for star wars yes i i completely agree i think moving it to december was a good option for the force awakens and i think that that kind of changed the uh it, it it's good for the box office for one because Star Wars is a film that can it will make its money in the summer. We know that. Mm-hmm. Um, regardless of what Solo did, we know that if Episode Seven was released in a May date, it would still make its money. Right. Uh, but December obviously would yield some more money because mm-hmm. uh, it's not competing with necessarily the Avengers and those type of <laughs> right. films. Let everyone uh, else scrap it out in May. Right. You just take December and then continue to get that residual box office well into January when there's nothing else going on. That's right. why Rogue One and, and Force Awakens were able to hit the heights that they hit was because they just they cleared the road for them. Right. Nobody right. wanted to be in front of Star Wars when it came barreling down the highway. And now that they've shown that there's some chinks in the armor, they're going to have to fight to get December back. Hopefully, Episode nine right. does it right. Like it's going to be a big yeah. movie and hopefully people stay out of the way and then moving forward they can continue to claim the december spot and they'll be back on track but uh i feel like some of the other franchises know there's blood in the water now so i think star wars is going to have a tougher time to eke out those really like choice (laughs) opening spots and if the fox shareholders vote on july (laughs) 10th i believe that they're going to accept disney's offer then Disney's going to own like 70% of the overall box office market. So they should have December well uh, in place for them. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be even more crowded at that point. So yeah. Yeah. Franchise wars coming soon. So Disney did something very interesting uh, a couple weeks ago. They released The Last Jedi on Netflix. Mm -hmm. So in the American Netflix, I know, John, you're in Canada. So I don't know. uh, I know the... Uh, Netflix there is a little bit different, uh, different, but here The Last Jedi was released, and this was the first one. So Force Awakens was never released in our Netflix in America. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rogue One was, yep. but The Last Jedi was just released. So why do you think Disney decided to do this? Well, just to uh, set the record straight, we actually got Star Wars movies on Netflix long before you guys did, because you guys Mm -hmm. had some entangled distribution deals around Force Awakens that we didn't have up here in Canada. So we got it like, man, I think it was like May or something after it came out. I think it was on Netflix here. And we've had all the other ones pretty quickly as well. Um, So this isn't news up here. Uh, I think it's just a matter of money. I think Netflix has a lot of money. Netflix wants their service to be the premier destination for even, Mm -hmm. you know, like new release content. Now they used to be kind of the second tier leftover movies that nobody cares about kind of platform, but now they want their own content. They want first run content. They want, they want to be a real player. So having star Wars on your platform is a win for that kind of stuff. It just makes your, your service look shinier and they're on borrowed time here because eventually all this stuff is probably going to shift over to the Disney streaming service. So they want to implant in people's brains, the idea that Netflix is a good place to get your star Wars movies and then hope people don't notice (laughs) that they disappear. Right. Cause that's going to be a big blow for them. Cause Disney has a whole lot of IP that is going to start driving that, that Disney service that 
Netflix was relying on. A lot of good mm-hmm. Disney content is on Netflix. And it's it's probably one of the things that we watch most, like for our kids anyways. Like there's a lot of good right. material on there that's all going to vanish. And they just, I think they just want to make sure that it's there as long as it possibly can be. So probably sent yeah. a, a truckload of money over to Disney and said, give it to us for as long as we can have it. <laughs> that's my yeah, I, assumption. I think so. Um, I think that once again, it is, it's to make some money because obviously that Netflix, you're guaranteed a certain amount of money with Netflix plus some, mm-hmm. um, and so I think that's that's part of it. Uh, maybe I heard some speculation about possibly making up for some of the solo loss. I mean, maybe I don't I don't think they really no I, no I it's not a they, desperation play because they right. put out the other movies long before solo was ever yeah. a factor. They were still doing distribution exactly. deals with Netflix. Yeah, yeah. I think more than anything, this is to release a Star Wars film in a streaming service i think that that's what this is about um and i think that that this is to put it like you said in the back of everyone's mind that we're gonna get this on a streaming service (laughs) that we're gonna be able to get this from home uh with a subscription and we have disney that has announced their streaming service and I think that's what this is about. I, I really do. I think that they are testing out the markets, that they are getting, that they are calculating numbers, and maybe, possibly, they could be seeing maybe the feedback once The Last Jedi is on Netflix could be a little bit better. Oh, I but see what I you're saying. You're saying it's a play on Disney's part to get people acquainted with the idea of having Star Wars on streaming. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't have looked at it from that angle because we've had Star Wars on streaming for so long up here that it's not something right. that seems like there's any strategy involved other than just hey it's another place to sell your movie um yeah so i yeah, fourth okay. of july here yesterday was overshadowed by everyone celebrating that the last jedi was on netflix oh you just you just <laughs> it got was, it yesterday no 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 so we got it i think it was uh two weeks ago the oh. last jedi was released but it was like a big news thing like as soon as it was put <laughs> okay. on there twitter exploded out here everyone was talking like did you see the last Jedi was on netflix whoa this is crazy okay because we've, we've it, had it for yeah. a couple months right yeah yeah so uh and so i figured that because i remember whenever i was there on vacation that you guys had already had some like crazy titles that we you know we still don't have here right um so yeah i uh I think that that's what they're doing as far as the American audience is they're getting people conditioned for a having a Star Wars film possibly released in December and then in May being released in in a streaming service. Eh, I don't I don't think it's that calculated, to be honest. I think it Mm -hmm. purely is just get it out there, make some money with it while it's still a hot property. I just I think when they do the distribution deal with Netflix, they have a very clear end date that they have established. Right. Like, I don't think Last Jedi is going to be on there after Disney premieres their streaming service. I think that I think that it's going to be like overnight. Everything's going to vanish from Netflix and it's all going to be on Disney streaming within a week kind of a thing. Like when they launch, I'm sure that they had the foresight to set those um like sunset clauses for all of their netflix distribution so that mm-hmm. they aren't um uh, lacking in any of their ip when it comes time to, to launch the streaming service but up until then i don't think people need to be convinced about looking for entertainment on streaming netflix has been around for a long time um I'm, I'm maybe i'm just talking as an early cord cutter right like i've been mm-hmm. reliant on netflix for <laughs> the better part of a decade now so to me this is old hat but you're probably right. Like there may be some people that still need to wrap their heads around that uh, in the U S it's possible, but I, I think 
the overriding motivation is simply, hey, Netflix has money and we have a movie here that we're not going to sell a whole lot of Blu-rays because those don't really sell in the volume that people were hoping mm-hmm. they would. So what's the next best thing that we can use to capitalize on it in the short term? Well, let's get it on Netflix. There's money there. That's yeah. that's how I see it anyways. Yeah. And so speaking of streaming services, we have Screen Rant releasing a report that come that they cite the Hollywood Reporter. So both pretty good sources. Mm hmm. They seem to think that Disney's new streaming service could premiere the Obi-Wan film. Yeah. <laughs> this is 100% speculation, right? Like they're saying exactly. that could be a strategy, but there's no source behind that. That is just purely mm-hmm. a what if kind of statement. Mm-hmm. And so I don't read into it. I mean, it's a nice thought, but I think Disney's smart enough to realize that there's uh, some potential pitfalls to that strategy. You don't right. want to dilute your brand and take something that is supposed to be a box office event and -hmm. turn it into something that you're just getting streaming revenue on, right? Like these properties have the potential to make a billion bucks a piece when done right. Why would they ever say, yeah, you know what? Let's just forego that whole box office system and jump Mm -hmm. right to our streaming service. Even if it helps pump up their subscription numbers and they make a billion off the first one, it doesn't mean that they're going to get an added billion dollars in revenue every time they release a Star Wars movie with new people signing up for the service. The immediate revenue potential just isn't there. A streaming service is good for casual Sunday afternoon movie watching. It doesn't replace event cinema. And right. Star Wars has to, again, kind of like be smart and plant its feet where it's going to help the brand and help keep that heartbeat alive. And the theater is yeah. where you go to see Star Wars movies. So, yeah, exactly. I'm, not, put, I'm and, not putting any stock in it. And there is so much speculation. I've, I, it seems like every single week there's a new article about the future of cinema and how everything's <laughs> going to turn. Like they're like with the developments of home theaters and all this, and the the expansion of Netflix and Disney streaming service. People are going to stay home versus going to the movies. I'm like, no. When it comes to films like this, like when. Films like Star Wars, Avengers, even Mission Impossible, like those big blockbuster films, I'm going to go watch it in the movie mm-hmm. theater because I'm going to watch it on that giant screen. I'm going to watch it with that amazing sound system. It There is not a sound system, unless you are a kajillionaire, that you can get that can match that of a movie theater. So it's just like people are going to continue to go to the movie theaters. There's a reason it's been around since the early 1900s. People are going to still be going to it. Yeah. Um, and so... Agreed. So, yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's going to be a long time before there's a serious shift in viewing habits mm-hmm. that really impact the box office. People right. spelled doom and gloom the second you could start getting movies online, you know, like that was going to be the death of cinema. No, no, people right. like something to do on a Friday night. They still want to exactly. go out and see a movie. And yeah, I mean, I've got a 60 inch television, but I'm still going to go see Star Wars on exactly. the, you know, 900 foot IMAX <laughs> if, if at all possible. So yeah, I'm not, exactly. I'm not losing sleep over this one. Yeah. I read the screen rant article. The screen <laughs> rant article seemed more like this is going to happen. Yeah. And then I went to the THR uh, article and it was like, it could. And, and it was more like almost suggesting right. like Disney maybe should consider this. I'm like, so there's no sources. This is just a speculative piece. Yeah. Um, this is, so. uh, <laughs> this is someone giving commentary, right? Like an opinion mm-hmm. and then some other quasi entertainment news outlet, taking that and regurgitating it as something more than it is because they just want the clicks. So they're going to exactly. make it sexier and more provocative than it was intended to be. Uh, this is where, 
you have to separate the colliders from the screen rants. You know, some of them are a little bit more responsible in their reporting and some of them are really just looking for mm-hmm. the clicks. And exactly. so I just, I can't, I can't get worked up over this. It, it isn't, there's no foundation to support right. it other than someone's uh, assumption. Yeah. I don't know necessarily how things work in Canada, but here in America, some people would say that a primary source would be Twitter. Mm. <laughs> well, a primary source from Kevin Feige or Pablo Hidalgo. I mean, you can take that as canon, right? If it comes out of their right. mouth, but you know, just some, yeah, you know, Mike zero. I don't yeah. know if you know who that guy is, but there's lots of YouTubers that will gather very spurious and unsubstantiated information and try and craft it into something clickable. And they just, you know, they make their money by being as provocative and as unjournalistic in their approach as possible. Um, you know, that that's just something that's going to happen. You know, there, there's always going to be opportunists. So you, you got to be careful where you source your information and you have to take the time to read the article, right? If you only read the tweet that says, oh my goodness, the sky is falling and you don't actually click the link to the article that says, eh, scientists may say that in a hundred years, something may happen. You know, like if you don't actually look at the more measured analysis from the full available information and you just take the tweet at face value, you're going to get snowed every time. Uh, so it's no different with star wars and if people don't want to read i guess that's kind of why we are here so i teach i teach social studies so i read between the lines i read through everything uh so i like to think that i can digest certain news at a pretty good value that may be beneficial to people that don't want to read themselves um and i have a lot of students that don't want to read themselves so i do a lot of that digestion for them (laughs) so (laughs) <laughs> well, hopefully, uh, uh, yeah, if our listeners are reading a verse, we can do a good job of filtering out some of the noise and providing a bit more measured <laughs> conversation right. about some of these more provocative headlines that might not have a whole lot of fact holding them up. Yeah. So, John, yes. Star Wars Rebels has officially ended. It is no longer a show. It came to a nice close. They tied a bow on it and they have put it away. But we have, coming this fall, Star Wars Resistance. Mm -hmm. And Star Wars Resistance is a new animated show from uh, from Disney slash Lucasfilms that will begin. I've heard that they are starting their that they are starting to release it on Disney XD, which is what they did with Rebels. Right. And then it'll obviously make it to the various streaming services that Disney will use. Mm -hmm. Uh, But... What we know so far, it's not going to be the same animated uh, series as the Clone Wars and as Rebels. It's going to take on a more um, anime feel to it. Mm -hmm. And it will take place in the moments before, or not necessarily the moments before, but it will take place before The Force Awakens and deal with, of course, the Resistance. Yes. So, John, what do you think this show will explore, and what do you think the overall focus will be? Well, I think we know what it's going to explore. It's going to explore the Resistance, right? There was a Hmm. uh, rebuilding phase after the Empire was ousted, where the reformed Republic had to decide whether they wanted to militarize or whether they wanted to you know, just hope (laughs) that the galaxy would uh, make the right decision and be peaceful forevermore. Um, Leia wasn't quite as optimistic as some, and eventually she saw the need to be prepared uh, because, you know, family drama and the rest of it. Uh, She understood that there were larger forces at play and that they couldn't just stand idly by and hope for the best. So she began to build up the resistance. 
And basically, that is just Disney's way of saying, we love X-Wings. Let's figure out how we can shoehorn them back into Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm okay with it. I <laughs> yeah. uh, was more than happy to see Poe Dameron do some tricks in The Force Awakens. So basically, that's what we're getting here. We're getting Robotech meets Star Wars. It's going to be mm-hmm. a lot of flying. It's going to be kind of about the flyboys. It's going to be about uh, the up-and-coming rebels. Uh, joining the resistance and that organization maturing and having to actually, you know, be put into action mm-hmm. as the first order becomes a menace. Uh, that's the backdrop. And so I, I would expect to see Poe Dameron esque characters, if not Poe Dameron himself. I think his voice is actually in the mix. So I'm pretty sure him and yeah. Phasma are already confirmed, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So but to be played both by Oscar Isaac and Gwendolyn Christie. Exactly. So come back for it. So, so yeah, basically picture everything about the force awakens that had nothing to do with Ray. And that's kind Mm -hmm. of what we're going to be seeing, but with an anime flair, which I think is kind of a a cool fusion, a new direction. Every time they do a new animated series, it seems like they try to give it its own unique visual flair, right? Clone Wars was almost clay like in kind of the weight of the characters, right? It was a very simplified Mm -hmm. stylized look. And then rebels more, I guess maybe more of a traditional CG looking show. Um, Mm -hmm. Whereas this is going to look hopefully a little bit more cell animated, even though I think it is yeah. still digital. I think they're okay. trying to recapture um, some of the glory of Japanese animation of yesteryear. And uh, I think yeah. it's going to be cool. Yeah. And, and I think that it's really going to focus a lot on some, uh, like you said, those X-Wing fights. I think that uh, a lot of the show's focus is going to be on uh, characters in the cockpit fighting other uh, the the first order and the rising yeah. up of that. Uh, it would be cool to see uh, Luke Skywalker's um, little school come to an end, but I think we're going to get that in episode nine. Uh, yeah. Now, see, Rebels kind of surprised us, and they wove in Obi Wan mm-hmm. for kind of a guest arc there um, as this as the show was maturing. So I wouldn't write out the idea that we may cross paths with some force aspects, mm-hmm. but the show has to be smart and it has to live in its own little world with its own characters. And it can't draw too heavily on those because then you, you box in what those other characters could be doing in potential movies or whatever. So uh, yeah, we might get hints of it or maybe Luke Skywalker saves the day once or twice, but for the most Mm -hmm. part, I think this is going to be kind of a standalone and Leia is probably going to be the most prominent Skywalker in the mix. Yeah. Yeah. And and we do know that Mark Hamill is a phenomenal voice actor. So true. Uh, if they he, ever want the Joker to make a well. guest appearance, he's, yeah, right? he's their guy. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Yeah. All right. So finally, we have some live action news. It has been released that there is a possible, and this is possible. I don't think it's been one hundred percent confirmed, but it is possible that the live action Star Wars film can start filming as early as this fall or winter. Mm-hmm. And this comes from, I know I'm using Screen Rant, <laughs> but it uh, comes to, from them. Just to, I don't want to bag on Screen Rant. I got nothing against them, but mm. they're making entertainment first, news second, right? right. So we, you just got to keep that in mind. Sometimes they have legit news because, you know, news is news and it's out there. Um, but that doesn't mean that everything that comes from Screen Rant shouldn't be scrutinized. Uh, but this, I think, is probably pretty reasonable right because right? a- a- they, they have a source yeah they quote yes. um so so, <laughs> so this could be good. legitimate news yes and you know what like if it seemed really unrealistic like that time frame couldn't they, they couldn't build the sets in time for that then i'd, I'd mm-hmm. be a little bit more skeptical but no this lines up pretty close with what we see with the star wars movie and especially in abrams movie he tends to like to start getting things into production even before he's really tacked down the script 
he mm-hmm. he kind of flies by the seat of his pants a little bit that way. Um, so yeah, I could see them moving into production in the fall and yeah. do, doing uh, maybe maybe they're doing uh, location stuff and just getting some of the odds and ends out of the way while they're still tacking down the final story and just really polishing up the dialogue and getting all that sorted out. They're, they're probably going to start with some of the lighter aspects of, of filming, but yeah, it seems reasonable. So, do you think it's possible that while episode nine is filming, that they are going to be filming the live action television series? They're two different productions. It's yeah. like, we, we kind of get the sense that Lucasfilm is kind of like one big room full of equipment. And if you take the equipment out to make one movie that you can't be working on something else at the same time, um, obviously Lucasfilm can scale up, right? If they have a director and they have a production team in place to tackle one film, then they can have a, a TV series going on at the same time. And remember that like episode nine is, technically like a bad robot production right like it's right it's under abram's <laughs> uh stewardship so he's got his own production resources mm-hmm. that he can bring into it as well so i don't think that that's a problem i think that the only thing that's going to determine how quickly the the tv series ramps up is how quickly they have the story tacked down and everyone's 100 percent confident that this is the right way to move forward as soon as they get the green light they're going to hit the ground running and they're going to have right. all the resources that Lucasfilm and Disney can muster to make sure that it's a, to make sure it's a success. Uh, I just would love to know what the scripts look like at this point. <laughs> that's right, that's yeah. the more intriguing question. Yeah. So if they do start filming mm-hmm. in the fall or winter, so for the television series, if that starts filming in the fall or winter, how soon will we get this show? Well, most shows, they tend to put an episode into production and then the mm-hmm. post-production happens in tandem as they then shoot the subsequent episodes. So usually by the time they've got about six episodes in the can, they've got one that's ready for release. That's kind of Mm -hmm. the, the post-production flow is maybe like six weeks later, they could actually put it on television. Now this is likely going direct to streaming. So they can even be a little bit more fluid with that. Right. Um, If they're releasing them weekly, I don't know if they want to drop them all at once or if it's going to be a, a staggered release. If it's an all at once thing, then they got to shoot the whole season. Right. Um, so that's yet to be seen. We don't have enough details to know what their production roadmap looks like. The earliest I would expect to see anything would be, you know, maybe summer 2019. But honestly, I mm-hmm. don't think they're going to rush it. I, th- I think that yeah. I think right now with Lucasfilm, it's all hands on deck for episode nine. Let's make sure that we've got our full weight behind it. Let's make sure that that production is off and running. And then let's see where the TV shows at. So I think that, you know, that's still being developed. They're still working on it, but I don't think that anyone's too concerned with uh, release dates. Either they already have one and everyone's driving towards that already, or they're going to worry about it as soon as they know that episode nine is set and good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that, I think it's possible that if they start filming and they do a uh, weekly release, so Netflix doesn't do that, but Hulu does. Mm-hmm. So Hulu's a streaming service well, no, for their Net- original shows. Netflix does Netflix do that does. with some. Okay. Yeah, they they they've tested the waters with it. It's not typical, but they do it more and more now with their shows. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I did not know that. But yeah, so I have just kind of noticed that Hulu does that, and I think that it's very possible that they go that route, especially with the technology that Favreau is using. This could take a lot of time in post-production, and so it would leave 
sure. some leeway if they are able to release a week at a time instead of releasing the whole series. So I think it's possible that we do that. Um, but you never know. Disney, they can do whatever they want with their streaming service. That's actually a good insight because this is Star Wars after all. So we can't assume that it's going to have the same turnaround time as just uh, a real world production where there isn't mm. uh, an effects heavy post-production process. Um, yeah, I don't know what the roadmap looks like. I wasn't assuming that we were going to see it before fall of 2019. Like that's kind of what my gut said. Um, right. And even if it pushed into 2020, I wasn't too worried about that. Like maybe mm-hmm. they put out episode nine and then on its heels, this comes out uh, kind of in the lull while they figure out what their next standalone is or their next trilogy ramps up. Like maybe, maybe they're not in a rush to put this out because they know that there's going to be a big window of time for it to capture audience. Yeah, it depends. If they want to launch it with the streaming service, then maybe they are driving hard. They really want it out sooner. But I mean, this is this is all speculation and uh, we exactly. want to be more responsible than that. So uh, yeah. we will let everyone know when we know. But at this point, who knows? Maybe Bob. Yeah, Iger. So <laughs> so we're in we're in full on speculation. All the news is done. And yeah. now we're just going to close out with these speculations. All right. So when do you think we will get any material for this live action show? So concept art a trailer a cast announcement etc when do you think we'll get any type of material okay so refresh me what is the rundown of the next star wars celebration in d23 when when are they supposed to drop so star wars celebration is going to be in chicago of april in april of 2019 so this coming april okay that's when we're gonna see that's perfect that's when we're gonna see it yep (laughs) you don't need to say anymore (laughs) exactly i think we're getting something at star wars celebration yeah i think that at least so at the least we're getting concept art Mm -hmm. um but if they've started filming by then i think they'll announce a cast so oh, if, if yeah. uh, I think we'll have cast announcements already. I don't think that they can keep okay. that under wraps. Um, right. I think we'll know cast. What we won't know is a lot about the characters that they're playing. We won't know a lot about mm. uh, the actual storyline. I think what we would get is some sort of like behind the scenes sizzle reel kind of a thing, mm. or maybe a proper trailer. Like maybe they really want to wow them and, and give yeah. them some finalized footage of really what the tone of the show is going to look like with the effects all laid in. Maybe they really want to go above and beyond and paint a picture of what it's going to look like. But I think more than likely we're going to get like a really solid production update. That's my hunch. Yeah. Uh, Especially if they've started filming by April, 2019, we are going to get something behind the scenes. Um, But at the least, if they haven't gone forward with anything, if it's on hold, whatever these speculations may be, Mm -hmm. I think they're going to show some sort of concept art. This is where we're going. This is what it looks like. This is what we're doing here. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, so I think that's happening in April of 2019. I think we're getting, I think we're getting a closer look at this, at this live action series. Yep. Um, Yeah, I agree. So, and and I'm planning on going to Star Wars Celebration. Uh, it'll just be a day pass. So um, I saw it, and I'm just like, you know what? I'm gonna have to try to make it there. So I, <laughs> I plan on trying to get there. Uh, D23. This happens in August. So uh, next August. So yep. a year from next month. Mm-hmm. What do you think we're gonna get there? Uh, probably a trailer. Uh, that's probably mm-hmm. our episode nine trailer. That's my guess. Yep. Yeah, I think so. Seems I to line up. That it does. Yeah. It does. And I, I I think that we may possibly even get like I think that um what Disney sometimes does is they'll do like a teaser before mm-hmm. D twenty three and then show the full trailer right. at D twenty three. Um I think that's what they did with their last D twenty three. 
Could I be. can't remember if it was the last Jedi or what it was, but um, but I remember there was a teaser first, and then they released like a full on. Yeah, trailer. yeah, we we did get like a five or ten or fifteen second mm-hmm. hint. Right. Uh, yeah. No, they, they could do something like that. Um, but yeah, I, I I would expect that they would be far enough into production that they could mm-hmm. have a really solid trailer ready to go. And I think at that point we're going to be a full year out, basically from Solo or close to mm-hmm. it. Um. No, D23 is in August. So yeah, more than a full yeah. year out. Um, so I think people are going to be ready to get a hint of what the next Star Wars movie is going to be. I, yeah. I think the marketing team is looking at that and saying, yeah, that's a slam dunk. Let's let's do yeah. that. <laughs> and There's a reason all, they put on these conventions after all. <laughs> exactly. And if at all we don't get a trailer at the Star Wars celebration for the live action series, I think D23, they'll release that. Maybe. Um, yeah, maybe they flip yeah. it around. Maybe they've got more ready for the, for the uh, episode nine before they have the TV. But... I have a feeling, I don't know, John Favreau seems to already be pretty far into the writing process. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to be pretty far along. And yeah, the best speculation, I think, at this point would suggest that this sh- is going to be launching pretty early into the life of the Disney streaming service. So right. I think there's a lot of people at Disney and Lucasfilm that want this stuff out sooner than later because they don't want to hold mm-hmm. up, you know, all the other <laughs> all the right. other pieces of the machine that are going to be relying on these properties. So, um, yeah, I, I think we're probably on track yeah. to see something special at both of those events. And I think at D23, if we don't have a release date for this the Star Wars series yet, I think that D23, they'll announce mm-hmm. this is when we're getting the series. Yeah, or I, I bet we have it all by then. Yeah, I don't think they'll wait exactly. that long. Yeah, but the, if, I think that we will get our first like true picture of what the series is all about. I think that's mm-hmm. the one where they kind of just unveil, here's the world that we're going to be playing in. Yeah, and I think D23 is really going to focus on the uh, the new Disney park. So mm-hmm. the Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. I think that at D23, they're going to really show everything that's going to happen there. Yeah, when's construction supposed to wrap on all that? Uh, so in Anaheim, it's supposed to be done by the summer of 2019. Okay, so yeah, that makes so- sense. Mm-hmm. yeah okay well it's gonna be an exciting year um yeah they've got a lot cooking and i'm really excited to see how these shows start shaping up and hope has been restored to the galaxy for star wars fans <laughs> and we are so optimistic about what's happening but i think that does it for this episode and i think that star wars tv talk is up to date with the big news coming from lucasfilm yeah i think we did um, justice I don't- to some of that Yeah, so I want to thank our listeners for listening to Star Wars TV Talk, and we hope that you join us next time. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe to Star Wars TV Talk wherever you get your podcasts. Are the people going to die? Please leave us a review on iTunes. For every 10, we give away some awesome Star Wars merchandise. And you can find us on Twitter at Star Wars TV Talk and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Star Wars TV Talk. You can also check out our website, www.StarWarsTVTalk.com. And... A special thanks to Laid Wogan for this intro and outro music. You can follow him on soundcloud.com slash Laid Wogan. Thanks for listening, and remember, the Force will be with you.